So welcome to this edition of the Delaware Valley Journal podcast. I am Michael Graham with Delaware Valley and Inside Sources. Coming up in just a few minutes, we'll be talking to one of the Republican candidates for U.S. Senate. But a uh, a story has broken in the uh, Pennsylvania and the Philly suburbs that has caught our eye, thanks in large part to Representative Aaron Coffer from Luzerne, who's leading the way. Representative Coffer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So when did you first find out about what Ben and Jerry were up to when it comes to Israel and what was your personal response? Yeah, so I think I first found out about this on late on Monday. Um, and when I had heard about it, I was, first of all, I, somebody called me and I, I had no idea what was even being discussed at, 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 you know, by Ben and Jerry's. And finding out that the board of directors of Ben and Jerry's wanted to you know, do this to, to, to boycott Israel was really pretty shocking. And uh, knowing that we have legislation that we've passed in Pennsylvania to prevent uh, us from entering into contracts with companies that boycott, divest, or sanction against Israel, you know, I, I saw it as an opportunity for us to step up and to assert our legislative authority and our laws here in Pennsylvania, um, especially when there's such a, a major attack of anti-Semitism. You know, sometimes you feel like there's nothing you can do with what's happening and sort of the national narrative and the growing anti-Semitism across the world. But this was something that I felt we could do something about and something I could do something about individually. So uh, I, I got work in that night. Okay. And you got working, you actually spoke to the Israeli consulate about what I did. I, I did. I, on Monday night, I, I spoke with the Israeli consulate um, about what was going on, that they viewed this as an act of BDS, which I agree with them. And even the BDS movement has called this an act of BDS. I have to yeah. interrupt because there are people who are listening going, BDS, I wear those. I used to wear tidy white. So what is BDS? What does it mean? And what's, I mean, boycotting stuff? I mean, come on, that's political speech, right? What's the problem? So uh, BDS stands for Boycott, Divest, and Sanction. And so that it's a movement that was started to be anti-Israel and, and to, to really go out and, and they're, they're one of their cheering mantras is from the river to the sea, which is means they don't want any Jews at all in the area of what is currently Israel, and uh, that they it's really founded on and rooted in anti-Semitism, and is a very prejudiced organization um, that is really trying to wipe out Jews from um, from that the Middle East. And so BDS is they want people to boycott doing business with Israel. They want you to divest of your, in, like if your stock portfolio, your company, and they want to sanction, actually sanction is you'll treat it the way that we treat Iran or used to treat Cuba. Exactly. And so, you know, th this movement is a, a, a very radical agenda of trying to tr treat Israel as if it's a terrorist state or, uh, you know, it's, it's quite extreme and radical. Right. And so back in 2016, there was enough concern about the movement and support that Pennsylvania, which let's face it, is what, 6,000 miles away from Jerusalem, had overwhelming uh, backing for passing this law. Yeah, in 2016, I, you know, I was a member in 2016. We voted and passed this, I think it was 181 to 9 in the House, uh, 47 to 1 in the, in the Senate. It's signed by our current governor, by Governor Wolf. He signed this, uh, this bill into law and uh, was support from our current attorney general, who was a commissioner at the time, who voiced support for this. And, uh, you know, this was a growing movement of anti-Semitism and, and uh, a movement that was growing in radical circles. And so we passed this legislation, and it's not just Pennsylvania, 35 states have this law on the books. 
And so, you know, while I'm asserting that we use our authority to our, our authority here in Pennsylvania to not um, to not do business with Ben and Jerry's, um, you know, that, that we will likely not be the only state to assert its authority over what's going on with this boycott of Israel. And so when we spoke for the article that Delaware Valley Journal did early this week, you mentioned that you had started the process but hadn't heard back yet from the key players. And if I understand the key players are Governor Wolf, the Attorney General Shapiro, and the new treasurer, Stacey Garrity. Uh, what have you heard back from these leaders and where are we in this process? Is the, Are we going to invoke in Pennsylvania the BD, anti-BDS law? So I've heard back from everybody but Governor Wolf so far. Um, I, I hope to hear back from him some point to, uh, today. Um, but uh, the treasurer, I was in immediate contact with her. She reached out almost immediately and said, I'm supportive. I will use my pre-audit authority to make sure that, um, that nothing gets through her as the treasurer um, that is in violation of Act 163 of 2016. Um, the other, uh, the Attorney General um, uh, uh, earlier this morning, um, I sh should say late morning, he sent me something um, and he gave us a quote and I'll read his statement here. BDS is rooted in anti-Semitism. The stated goal of this amorphous movement is the removal of Jewish citizens from the region. And I strongly oppose their efforts. Governor Wolf rightfully signed a bill five years ago, which passed with broad bipartisan support to prevent the stain of BDS from taking hold in Pennsylvania. I expect Commonwealth agencies with jurisdiction to enforce the act. So, um, you know, the Attorney General uh, is, is supporting our path, uh, the, the bill, and right. su supporting it moving forward to make sure that we enforce our law. So a mechanical question. So I'm like, how does, does there have to be a vote or does someone declare something? Is it like Governor Wolf declaring a state emergency? And you know, but how does the actual process of telling contractors or telling in this case, this contractor, uh, any contracts you have, we're going to end that? Yeah. So when, so it works as part of the system of when these contracts are signed, they actually have to sign an affidavit saying that they won't participate in BDS against Israel. Got it. So as soon as they start doing this, anyone that we have a contract with, this allows us to, to void the contract, as well as it prevents us from entering into any future contracts right. as well. So you might think, oh, why would the state have any business going on with you know, Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Sure. Well, we have state-owned higher education institutions. Sure. We have Department of Corrections. We have a lot of, you know, even our turnpike rest stops or things like that. That's what I was thinking. On the turnpike, get me some Ben and Jerry's, but not now. So- yeah. Are those contracts going to be ended? So th that's what we're in the process. Our, our treasurer is reviewing our contracts of who, what it. we have and exactly with Ben and Jerry's. That is in the process already. I've talked with her staff. Um, uh, I've talked to the last couple of days, um, uh, you know, making sure that we are enforcing this law. And she is going to take those steps, as is the attorney general, and advising these agencies to make sure that we are enforcing the law. Uh, one last question for you. What has been the response, not from the political class, would they have their own, you know, issues, but like from people, I mean, people in the Jewish community in Pennsylvania, or just people, I, I, my wife happens to be Jewish. She just, she loves, uh, oh, what is the one? Not Chunky Monkey. There's one, a fish food. She loves fish food. Uh, all the fish food out of the freezer. Bye-bye. She's personally angry that they've done this. What are you hearing from regular people? That's what I'm hearing all across my community and all across uh, the larger community, to be perfectly honest. I have people reaching out to me that I haven't talked to in years who have texted me or, or sent me a message just saying, hey, great job. Keep up the fight. You're doing the right thing. 
Um, from all across our community, we're hearing from people who are sending messages into Unilever saying that they won't buy any more of their products at all, but specifically even more uh, pointed that people are not going to buy Ben & Jerry's. They're done with it. I know I, I, my wife had already had that conversation. We're no longer buying Ben & Jerry's. There's no question about that. And, uh, you know, I think this is actually going to have a larger, broader impact on Unilever itself that I think there's other people even saying, I'm not going to buy any Unilever product, um, mm -hmm. even with what's going on. So, um, you know, I've seen it on Facebook of people throughout my community just saying, here's the products that they have, don't buy any more of them. So I really do think that there, this is a, a major mistake on behalf of Unilever and that they uh, should really be adjusting their policy. Representative Aaron Coffer, thanks so much for joining us here on the Delaware Valley Journal podcast. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me. Coming up, he wants to be the next U.S. Senator from Pennsylvania, and he's from the Delaware Valley. That conversation is next. So please welcome to the Delaware Valley Journal podcast, Montgomery County Republican Jeff Bartos, candidate for U.S. Senate. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me on. Good morning uh, to you and all your listeners. So uh, before we talk a little bit about policy and politics, you're doing this big tour of the state. I assume it's just to scam free meals from all four corners of Pennsylvania. But uh, what will you be doing specifically here in the Delaware Valley? Well, uh, so to set the table, um, uh, we, we've looked at this pretty and uh, researched it pretty well. We're, we're not aware that what we're doing right now has ever been done in Pennsylvania. We are doing a 12-day, 67-county bus tour of of Pennsylvania, and it's uh, it's a remarkable undertaking. I have a great team, a great staff, and and most importantly, we have great grassroots relationships across all 67 counties. Um, so right now, I'm speaking to you from the highway on our way from Sunbury, Pennsylvania, down to Carlisle, Pennsylvania. But as you mentioned, we'll be in the Delaware Valley uh, on Thursday, uh, so tomorrow. And uh, I'm born and raised in Berks County. But uh, Cheryl and I have raised our family in Montgomery County, uh, living in the southeastern part of the state since uh, the late 90s. So, you know, for some Republicans, uh, uh, particularly in the western part of the state, they hear, you know, Montgomery County and they immediately go, oh, you're one of those Republicans. Uh, Jeff Bartos, are you one of those Republicans? Well, it's an, I, I think I could say this. I mean, you know, I don't know the background of every candidate running, but I believe I'm the only candidate running who's a lifelong Pennsylvanian who's from a more rural county, uh, Berks County, but who now lives uh, in, in the Philadelphia suburbs. And so uh, I think that's a unique uh, advantage and a unique perspective, having grown up in, in the town of Reading, where thanks to the good citizens of Berks County, uh, who were my dad's patients, I was able to go to college and, and then on to law school uh, and build my career. And so I owe everything I have to the to the good women and men of Berks County. And so I, my rural county roots, my Berks County roots, inform everything uh, that is my uh, conservative philosophy and also who I am uh, as a candidate and who I'll be as a senator. Uh, but of course, that's overlaid and, and, and certainly uh, have the benefit uh, of, of knowing so many great people in the southeastern part of the state. And I think the combination of rural upbringing uh, with a strong uh, business and, and community uh, connections within the southeast, I think really is an unbe unbeatable combination as we look at almost, you know, not only winning the uh, the primary, but then going on to win the general. Before I hand you over to Linda, last question. You, when you come to, uh, you're going to be in Delaware County, right? Well, we're going to be actually on Thursday, we're going to be in all uh, all of the Southeast. So ah, we're starting the day okay. in Chester County. Then we go to Monco. Then we go to Bucks. Then we go to Philadelphia. And we finish the day with a uh, great rally meet and greet in Delaware County. 
what's your pitch going to be to the Republican primary voters of those four counties? Not that it's different from around the you know what I'm saying? It's not like you're telling, hey, listen, don't elect me. We're going to screw Pittsburgh, you know, but just kind of a, as you focus on the kind of Republicans who live in these four counties, what's your pitch to them about why they should choose you as opposed to one of the many, many other Republicans running in the U.S. Senate primary? Well, so at a, at a 30,000 foot level, um, the, the general uh, the general thing I like to talk about is these are serious times that require serious people with a proven track record of getting things done for the people of Pennsylvania. Um, and so, you know, that politicians talk all the time. Uh, over the last 14 months, I did just that. Uh, I rolled up my sleeves at the beginning of the pandemic, founded a nonprofit that was dedicated 100 percent to helping small businesses uh, struggle, struggling small businesses get through the pandemic, get through the shutdowns and live to see a brighter day. And that modest effort uh, which started with the community focus in the Southeast, uh, and we thought for 30 days, uh, blossomed into a statewide effort that uh, now has raised $3.6 million and helped 1,057 businesses, really 1,057 women and men keep the lights on in their small businesses and saving thousands and thousands of jobs for working families. And so when I speak to my friends and uh, the good folks in the southeastern part of the state, I talk about the great work we did in Philadelphia, in Dalco, in Box, in Monco, in Chester, Chester County. We helped, I mean, I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but it, it's well over 400 businesses in the southeastern part of the state keep their lights on last year. And, and, and here's, I think, the most important thing to note about that effort, what unites small business owners and their employees is the same in Philadelphia as it is in Delco, as it is in, in uh, Cameron County, where I was the other day, which is the smallest county in the Commonwealth. Uh, these are the issues that everybody deals with when they put their hopes and dreams into their small business. Right? It's setting it's a payroll. It's taking care of your customers and your employees and their families and the responsibilities that come with running a small business in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And so I'm confident uh, that we're not only going to win this primary, but we're going to win the general because I'm talking every day about uh, optimistically about the uh, the issues that unite us as Pennsylvanians, starting in the southeast, but spreading across the entire state, uh, are far far greater than anything that divides us. Jeff, it's Linda Stein. Um, I was wondering about money. Um, it takes a lot of money to run a statewide campaign, and the Democrats look like they're ahead of the Republicans at this point. I know it's early, but um, John Fetterman has raised $2.5 in the last quarter with $3 million in his coffers now. Um, how are you going to get those kind of bucks? Well, actually, so the reporting on this, especially in the Southeast, uh, amongst the print journalists has been atrocious um, and misleading. So let me let me correct the record on uh, how it's been reported. The uh, In the first quarter, in Q1, um, I raised uh, just shy of $1.2 into my campaign account. Uh, the press has covered that there is a, a pro Barto super PAC out there raising funds, and I believe the press has reported that that super PAC uh, raised something like $800,000 um, through their reporting period. And so when we finished Q1 in March, uh, we had raised 1.2 and we had uh, 1.1 and change cash on hand. And then the super PAC was there with its whatever it had raised. As we closed out Q2 with the reporting, we raised just over a million dollars. Um, and so when you combine Q1 and Q2, we have about $1.85 million cash on hand in the campaign account. That's Bartos for U.S. Senate. 
and then the super PAC out there, I don't know what they've raised since the last reporting period, but let's say it's, it's $800,000. That's uh, $2.65 million uh, on Team Bartos. I believe John Fetterman with his great fundraising in Q1 and Q2 has about $3 million cash on hand. So if you look at it that way, which is, you know, cash is cash, um, we're just we're just within within sight of where John is. If he's at $3 million, we're at $2.65, $2.7 million. So we're right there. I'm thrilled with the effort that our team's putting forward. It's hard work, but we're having great success raising money across the country, across, across, of course, across all Pennsylvania, but across the country because conservatives know that the balance of power in the United States Senate is very likely to be decided by the Senate seat in Pennsylvania. And so we've enjoyed broad support across the Commonwealth and across the country. And, you know, I absolutely reject uh, what you're reading in the press about uh, the Democrats have this huge uh, financing advantage. They're burning cash at a much higher rate than we are. Uh, I'm running this campaign like a Republican. They're running it like Democrats. And uh, we're spending it judiciously. And we'll have all the resources we need to win this. Oh, good point. But um, I'm also wondering um, if you can say why the Republican primary voters should vote for you. You call yourself a conservative. What are some of your conservative uh, points that, that you're uh, touting? Well, everywhere we go, we talk about three things. We talk about saving Main Street, Pennsylvania, which is really carrying on the, the leadership and the effort that I poured my heart and soul into during the pandemic of making sure that all 67 counties and every main street in every county is not forgotten. For generations, elected officials in Washington thought of Pennsylvania as two giant cities and a whole lot of farmland in between. And I'm focused on making sure that the main streets across Pennsylvania, whether we're in Delco or in Cameron County uh, or across the Commonwealth, uh, that they know they have a fighter in Senator Jeff Bartos. And so that's issue number one. Issue number two that we talk about everywhere is beating China in this existential race that we're engaged in with the Communist Party uh, in China to see who will lead the world for the balance of the 21st century. And the third issue that we talk about everywhere, because I'm very focused on making sure that that we're, you know, again, with the idea that we're united across from the Southeast to the Northwest and from the Northeast to the Southwest and everywhere in between, uh, we talk about restoring the American dream for our children and grandchildren. I am running an optimistic, hopeful, thoughtful campaign that is going to be looking to bring in uh, voters uh, across the Commonwealth. Uh, we, I believe this, trust me, I'm on day three of a 12-day tour. Uh, I'm seeing it everywhere I go. The Republican Party and the message that I'm bringing on behalf of the Republican Party is the party of small business. It's the, it's the party of working families. Uh, and, and as we expand out here, I'm going to say that we are, our campaign is about bringing under our tent uh, and fighting for every Pennsylvanian, woman, man, uh, and every Pennsylvanian uh, who wants to work and build a better life for their family, for their children and their grandchildren. You know, there aren't a lot of people who would look at politics right now, uh, Jeff, and say optimistic and thoughtful. Yeah, those are the two words that jump to mind. Uh, looks more like, uh, you know, knife fight and bloodletting is where we are. And so I think it's interesting that the, that one of the most important words in the Republican lexicon you haven't mentioned is Donald Trump. Uh, where do you put yourself in the conversation about President Trump, what he means to the Republican Party and what he means to its future? Um, well, it's obviously, you know, we I supported President Trump. I voted for him in 2016. I voted for him in 2020. Uh, in the hours and days after the election, uh, when the Republican Party in Philadelphia needed help making sure that we got enough poll workers 
uh, to watch uh, the counting that was going on in Philadelphia. I, I rushed some funds down to the Republican Party in Philadelphia to make sure they had the resources they needed, uh, as well as raise them some money. And so I've been all committed. Uh, I think President Trump, uh, there's a couple of things I always like to talk about uh, on the international stage, holding the Chinese Communist Party accountable and spreading peace through the Middle East. Remember, four peace deals between Israel and her Gulf Arab neighbors within, uh, I think, 45 days is double the number of peace deals that had happened in the prior 40 years with all the geniuses we had down in Foggy Bottom. Uh, and I think President Trump and his team, Secretary Pompeo, get all the credit in the world for making that happen, holding China accountable. And on the national stage, uh, we had the greatest economy in our lifetimes. I was with a gentleman this morning uh, in Danville, Pennsylvania, uh, who said to me, this is the best economy that I saw since 1967. I said, well, I was born in 72. So I'm going to say it was the best economy <laughs> in my lifetime, uh, which is true. And before the pandemic, we were hitting on all cylinders, you know, lowest black unemployment, lowest female unemployment, lowest Hispanic unemployment. Um, so we had, we were hitting on all cylinders before this pandemic hit our shores. And so I love to talk about the policy successes of the Trump administration domestically and on the foreign policy international stage. And I think, you know, I'd be honored to have the president's, uh, the former president's support uh, in this campaign. But our focus looking forward is, is bringing together a broad coalition of, of working families, small business owners and, and Pennsylvanians who really, really want to, to lift, lift up our commonwealth. Pennsylvania should be the fastest growing, most dynamic state in the nation. And I want to play my part to help lead that effort and, and, and make, make Pennsylvania a place that our children and grandchildren choose to live two quick questions and then we'll have linda wrap things up uh, one is who won the pennsylvania presidential election in 2020 uh donald trump joe, or joe biden joe biden secondly you mentioned uh, middle piece of middle east uh you've seen ben and jerry's has decided that they're going to not license their product to parts of israel that that they claim are contested like east jerusalem parts of the west bank uh and pennsylvania has an anti-bds law i saw and we, we have a story about one of the state reps saying that it should be invoked that pennsylvania should invoke its law and stand with israel and you know not ben and jerry's uh what do you think well so it's interesting the energy in the democratic party and i'm certainly not saying all democrats but the energy in the democratic party is from the far left and so the the, the, the intellectual energy and the political energy. We saw in Pittsburgh, uh, a, a, a European-style socialist mayor was thrown out in, in a May primary by, by an avowed uh, unapologetic Marxist. So the energy in their party, the Democrats, is from the far left. And right now, the radical left, for whatever reason, it is shocking and upsetting to me as a Jew, as a proud Jew, uh, that the radical left is normalizing Jew hatred. And so this, this cowardly, uh, woke, corporate nonsense that we're seeing out of Unilever, which owns Ben and Jerry's, right? Ben and Jerry's in Vermont is owned by a massive international conglomerate. This unholy alliance between woke CEOs and woke capitalists and the corporate media is just driving this Jew hatred. I don't even call it anti-Semitism, it's Jew hatred. And so this is just one more iteration of this hyper-focus of the radical left on, on normalizing Jew hatred. And, and this is where it hits the streets. Remember in May, uh, people going around Los Angeles, people going around Florida, people going around New York. Where are the Jews? Where are the Jews attacking Jewish people for being Jewish in the United States of America in 2021? And so I say this all the time. Good people of all political parties, all people who love religious freedom, religious liberty. And this is most Americans need to stand up with one voice and say enough. 
um, yes, we should invoke the anti-BDS uh, legislation in Pennsylvania and, and hold Unilever and Ben and Jerry's accountable, but we need to get to the root cause here, which is that the, the left wing of the Democratic Party is pulling together a lot of other Democrats and normalizing Jew hatred. And as a senator, I will fight it every day, but as a Pennsylvanian and as a concerned citizen, this needs to stop. Jeff, uh, to, to change the topic a little bit, uh, when you're not out there campaigning or working as a developer, uh, what are your hobbies? What do you enjoy doing as a person? Uh, well, I love, thank you. It's a nice question. Um, well, I'm a proud uh, husband of Cheryl for 24 years and a proud dad to my daughters, uh, Emily and Sarah, ages 21 and 19. And so we, uh, we have a, a beautiful family. I'm very grateful to my wife for for, uh, for providing this incredible life uh, to all of us and, and, a, and a wonderful family. Um, love, love my community in the southeastern part of the state in Montgomery County. Uh, but my hobbies, uh, if I'm not on a bus uh, campaigning 16 to 18 hours a day, I love to get a morning swim in uh, or a run uh, or a bike. Uh, I have done two Ironman triathlons in my life, finished two Ironmans. I have finished five Philadelphia marathons, two New York marathons. And uh, my daughter, Emily, uh, just signed me up for the Philadelphia Marathon in November. And so this is the first time I'm saying this publicly, but now I'm committing myself to finish training and crossing the finish line of the Philadelphia Marathon in November, which I assure you is much easier than uh, being out uh, taking the slings and arrows of our political uh, system right right, right in this time frame. But yeah, Emily is running 21 miles on her 21st birthday next month, and she's dragging her old man along for probably 13 of those miles. And uh, I'll cross the finish line in November, holding her hand up high uh, in the Philadelphia Marathon. Yeah, campaign food and marathons, they go great together. Great, smart move, good <laughs> thinking there. Yeah, hand me another bowl of that spatzel. I gotta go run, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing my best out here. Emily called me this morning at 7.15 to say, Dad, did you run this morning? I said, sweetheart, we didn't get in until midnight last night. You know, my uh, daughters would be so disinherited if they ever asked me, Dad, did you run? yet today. I'm, you better run. Next time I see you, leave me alone. I got to roll over. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. It's, uh, I'm really glad she signed me up. I have to figure out how the heck we're going to do this. Well, uh, runner in every sense of the word, Jeff Bartos, thanks so much for joining us here on the Delaware Valley Journal podcast. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. I'll come back anytime. Uh, you know, it's great. And thank you for covering what we're doing here and look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Delaware Valley Journal podcast. You can find us at DelawareValleyJournal.com, on Twitter at DV underscore journal, and on Facebook, just search Delaware Valley. And please be sure to sign up for our twice a week newsletter with all the latest coverage from the Delaware Valley. I am Michael Graham. The Delaware Valley Journal is on the air.